This is the Creep Score Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to another Creep Score Podcast with me, Casey. I hope you enjoyed the last one. Did go a little bit more in depth than I had planned on the HGC cancellation. But now that that's out of the way, I really don't have anything else to talk about except for League of Legends right now. Like I said before, this will be a mainly MOBA-focused podcast. With a big emphasis now on League of Legends, it was going to be my whole plan all along was to do it on HGC and League of Legends. Never really got into Dota so much, so you can look for some updates on that. Any major tournament things that come around, I'll kind of mention, but for the most part it'll be the NALCS and maybe the EU LCS as well. Of course, if you do like what you hear on this podcast, drop me a line at cjvchaplin, C-H-A-P-L-I-N, at gmail.com, or leave a review. Actually, do both. Leave a review, a rating, and hit me up. I'm always looking for more details and people to talk to, anybody who would like to be on the cast as well. I'm going to try to get some interviews in and around the podcast once in a while, whenever I can. But uh, today, let's talk about some league updates. League's released a new patch. A very minor one. In fact, it doesn't have a full name. It's just called Patch 8.24B. Not even a full 2.5. It just has some minor things going on, but some highlights are Akali's Twilight Shroud is no longer going to conceal her quite well. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Twilight Shroud, it kind of gives her the ability to jump in and out of fights, completely invisible, and even drop aggro if she's being, you know, attacked by Baron or something like that. It's a little too good, so Riot kind of took it away, nerfed it a little bit. Uh, she won't go completely invisible, and her outline will still remain. That's kind of what I'm getting from the patch here, the patch notes. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of fair. Invisibility kind of breaks games, and that's what happened a little bit in Heroes of the Storm. I don't want to mention that too much, but some of those invisible characters before the 2.0 launch were game-breaking. Nova bait. Hated being Nova bait. Mid-Pike is also getting a much-needed nerf. Pike was probably always going to be a weird champion, after all, because he's designed to be a support, but a support assassin, so it's weird, weird. It would be like if you played Swain, I suppose, as a sort of a support, which I've always thought would be viable. But I digress. His whole goal is to provide lots of damage for relatively little gold, which doesn't help when you're mid lane and you're getting all the gold. And then he becomes overpowered, you see what I mean? But ultimately, his Q damage is going to get a little bit of a damage reduction, especially to minions. Uh, the Forbidden Idol is also getting a bit of a buff. It's getting some cooldown reduction, and that can lead to better builds later in the game as well. It doesn't seem like it's going to be too big of a problem, though. And some other champions are getting some small nerfs as well. Nothing really noteworthy, nothing really crazy. Cassiopeia is getting a little bit of a nerf, Nico as well. But that's about it. What about the pro scene? What's going on in the pro scene this week? Well, as we all know, the pro season for the LCS is just around the corner, starting up again in January. So let's look at all the teams and how they're forming so far. Start with 100 Thieves. Top, they have Someday, whose contract has been extended until 2020. In the jungle, they have Enda. Mid, they have Hui. At ADC, they have Bang from LCK's SKT, was a big acquisition there. Also, Hui joined from CLG this offseason as well. They still have Aframu on support, and their coach is Prolly. Team Liquid has Impact up top still. Xmithy in the jungle. 
They have Jensen from Cloud9, it's a big acquisition there as well. They still have Doublelift at ADC, the old faithful, the classic, the legend. And support, they brought in Core JJ from LCK's Gen G. TSM brought in a new face up top as well. They have Broken Blade from TR's Royal Youth. Jungle remains the same with Grig in the starting lineup, although they did pick up Acadian for the jungle in their Academy League. The season vet, you could say. He's been around for a few years. Mid still has Bjergsen. ADC is still Sven. But a new support in Smoothie from Echo Fox. They also have a new coach in Zix from CLG as well. Cloud9 has a few changes to look at as well. Top, they still have Licorice. Jungle, they have Blabber. Jungle, they also have Sven Skarin, so they have kind of a rotating jungle there. Mid, they have Golden Glue. And then they also brought in... Niski from Splice in the European League, ADC still Keith, and they also have Sneaky, one of the more popular streamers and one of the more popular pros out there as well. Support they have Zazel, and their coach is Reapered. Counterlogic Gaming, CLG, a couple of shakeups from them as well. Up top they still have Darshan, Jungle, Wiggly, Mid, Power of Evil from Optic, ADC, Stixay. And support, they have Biofrost, the old TSM sort of support there. Coach is Welding Green from G2 over in Europe as well. Some changes kicking around. FlyQuest also has some changes going on. They picked up Viper from the Team Liquid Academy for their top lane. Jungle, they have Santorin. They have Pobelter in the mid from Team Liquid. They still have Wild Turtle on ADC and JJ on support. They also have Invert for their coach. Echo Fox, they have Solo up top from Clutch Gaming. Lorlo, also kicking around up top. Jungle, they have Rush. Mid, they have Phoenix. ADC, they picked up from Clutch Gaming as well. They have Apollo. And then Lost for ADC as well. Support, they are running Hakuo from Clutch. They took TSM's old coach from Song and brought him in to coach their roster as well. Clutch Gaming has Huni up top from Echo Fox. Jungle, Lyra, Mid. Tanner, ADC, Piglet, and support Vulcan. Their coaching position is currently vacant. And Vulcan joined from Clutch Academy. So, kind of an upgrade. They kind of promoted him from within. I like to see that. Promoting from within. Golden Guardians, they have Hanser from TSM up top. Contracts in the jungle. Froggins taking the reins in mid. Deftly on ADC. And Matt and Ole kind of splitting the support duties there. And they got Inero as their coach. Optic Gaming, up top they have Dokla, Jungle Medios from FlyQuest Academy, Jungle also, they have Dardoch from Echo Fox, mid they have Crown from LCK's Gen G, Arrow on ADC and Big on Support, and Zabutine as their coach. There are still some free agents kicking around, so if anybody from the pro scene has listened to this cast, which is unlikely, you still have Flame, Mickey, Keen, eh, Acadian, not anymore, Acadian just got snapped up, a little bit of an old list appears. Uh, Rainover, Cody, Rikara, and Expecial still potentially available. Got to look into a little bit more, see if any of those guys have been picked up, since this list seems to be a little bit on the older side. But I think most of them are pretty accurate. I just kind of found a new list here, and it seems like everybody's still a free agent who is on that list, except for Acadian, who signed for TSM fairly recently. Let's take a quick other look here. Yeah, no, they're still good. They're still good. So what does that mean for the sort of whole of the NALCS this year? Some people have changed teams. Uh, some powerhouses aren't as maybe as powerful as they were the previous year. 
Team Liquid may or may not see an improvement with Jensen and uh, Core JJ in the roster. TSM looks like they might be a little bit stronger. Their weakness was Haunter last year, I would say. He kind of got caught out too many times. Doesn't quite communicate as well as he might have should have. At least that's kind of what I got. He was a little bit late to some team fights, cost him a few games here over the season. So we're hoping maybe this uh, Broken Blade from uh, Royal Youth will be to pick them up there. Smoothie from Echo Fox is, I don't want to say a straight swap for what they had before, but you know, it wasn't, it's not a huge difference, but maybe, maybe he'll have a better dynamic with Sven, even though Sven and Mithy were around together for a long, long time. Sometimes you need to have that little bit of a breakup, you need to have a little bit of a new dynamic in there for things to feel fresh again. It's hard to say. Uh, CLG looks like they may be a little bit more powerful, maybe a little bit stronger than the last year's showing. FlyQuest, always up in the air. Uh, they had one really good split, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, but kind of fell off the face of the planet after that. Echo Fox is the same. It's hard to tell how much improvement these new guys will have on the roster. And that's the thing, we can speculate all we want about these roster changes, but just like any sport, you can fill up on the highest and the best and the most experienced players in the world, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well. A good comparison would be the Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL. Always have a good team, always spend a lot of money, but kind of never really push forward. I remember back before their lockout days, they just kind of went, hey, hey, salary cap next year, let's get everybody we know who's a good player and put them on the same team, and it didn't work out. And also, our team doesn't necessarily make for the best of the best. And you can look at the League of Legends Pro Stream Dream Team, I think that's what they call themselves, with like Dyrus and I'm a cutie pie, they just didn't have the communication. They just weren't, you know good together <laughs> they delta fox i think they went by i think anyway they kind of tried their their hand at the uh, academy circuit i believe it was at the challenger series a couple of years ago and it just didn't go well these are pros who played on professional teams for years but they just didn't have that synergy together so it doesn't always necessarily mean anything when you do a lot of roster changes but how about changes as a whole to the north american lcs the eu lcs has changed and rebranded themselves to become the LOL European Championship. Therefore, the American or North American LCS has kind of changed their name a little bit as well, dropping the NA and is calling themselves the League Championship Series. They no longer really need the differentiation anymore, so they just said, hey, why not just keep the LCS? So when they were combined, or not combined, but when they shared the same name, it kind of needed that separation EU to NA, but now that's not a big thing. Just a minor change for some branding, but beyond that, most everything else has stayed the same. Riot also has released a little bit of an infographic on the 2018 events, and they're calling it 2018 Events by the Numbers. It was released on December 11th, so you probably have seen this before, but if you haven't, I'm just going to get into the that a little bit more. Uh, apparently 2018, League of Legends season broke a ton of records, thrilled fans and showcased the world's greatest talent competing in front of the largest audience in esports. South Korea played host to an incredible tournament that attracted the sport's largest viewership and saw Invictus Gaming become the first ever team from the LPL to win the Summoner's Cup. Apparently, there were 99.6 million unique viewers from across the world for the finals between Invictus and Fnatic Gaming. 44 million viewers turned in during concurrently at peak hours and 19.6 million average minute audience during the finals as well. It's a lot of people watching. A lot of people watching something that people never really thought would kick off. 
continuing on with the article, for this year's World Championship, we are sharing a new viewership figure, average minute audience, which is that one I kind of struggled with a minute ago, the 19.6 million. This figure represents the estimated audience size during any given minute of a broadcast and is used by major sports around the world when reporting their viewership. As we grow League of Legends into the next premier global sport, we felt it was appropriate to share this metric when talking about global events. So at any given moment, on average, I believe that means there were 19.6 million people watching. I could be completely wrong, though. The finals were broadcast in 19 different languages across more than 30 platforms and television channels, including YouTube, Twitch, ESPN+, OGN, Facebook, Sci-Fi, and Mplay. TNT Sports also picked it up as well. Those are just ones I recognize. There's some Russian, some probably Japanese, Korean, Chinese ones in there, some British ones as well. So 30 different platforms, 19 different languages, which is crazy. During the last eight years, great efforts has led to enhance the infrastructure of the game and professionalism and talent across the competitive regions. The rising level of competition saw breakthroughs by teams like Fnatic, who engaged the entire European content by reaching the finals, and Cloud9, who held North America fans in suspense with their run to the semifinals, which is the first ever for an NALCS squad at the Worlds. 24 teams qualify for the 2018 World Championship from 14 leagues. 144 players competed at the Worlds as well, with 30-plus unique representations from different nations. In addition to the $2.25 million Riot Games contributed to the prize pool, fans raised more than 4.2 for teams that qualified for the World Championship. That's 4.2 million raised by fans, which is crazy. A total of 90 unique League of Legends champions saw play during the course of the 2018 World Championships, the most of any World Championship to date. The healthy meta allowed professional players to display their skills through a wide variety of strategies and led to thrilling games during the entire month-long tournament. Some of the highest presents were Aatrox with a 99.2 pick ban rate at 42 picks and 78 bans. 76 bans, sorry. Urgot saw 96.6 at 47 picks and 68 bans. Alistair with 95% pick ban rate with 50 picks and 63 bans. Ackley... Kaisei, and Rakan, followed up with 79.8, 79, and 73.1%. The highest win rate for anybody with 5-plus games played was LeBlanc with 66.7 with an 18-9 record, Sivir with a 66.7% win rate as well at 12-6, Orn with 64% at 16-9, Talia with 64 as well at 16-9, Irelia with 63.3, 19-11, and then Azir with 62.5 with a 5-3 record. According to Riot, this diverse meta also made it incredibly difficult to predict the outcome of individual matches. There were zero perfect pickums across all stages of the event out of nearly 3 million submissions. In 2018, two musical anthems premiered during the World Championship. Anthems celebrate our players and League of Legends in a universal and powerful way. Both Rise and Pop Stars broke into mainstream pop culture with Pop Stars hitting number one on multiple charts, including the Billboard World Digital, Google Play Top Songs, iTunes K-Pop, and QQ Music New Songs. The mid-season Invitational saw quite some large viewership numbers as well, with 60 million unique viewers watching the finals. 11 million average concurrent viewership for the Grand Finals between Kingzone Dragon and RNG, and 19.8 million viewers turned in at concurrently peak times. 
In May, Team Royal never gave up. One, the mid-season invitational foreshadowing what was in store for the rest of the year. This was the first of three major international events that teams from the LPL would win during the 2018 season. Viewership for MSI 2018 eclipsed all previous editions of the tournament. Rift Rivals 2018 also saw some pretty good numbers and some interesting matchups and all that sort of fun stuff. The second ever Rift Rivals pitted teams from rival regions against each other in five separate tournaments around the world. Teams from China's LPL, Europe's LCS, Blizzard's CBLOL, Turkey's TCL, and Oceania's OPL triumphed over their opponents and earned valuable bragging rights for 2018. There are 42 teams, 93 games, and 5 champions, of course. And lastly, we had the All-Star event. The year finished with the All-Star event, which brought top pros and popular community members from around the world to compete in a wide variety of competitive and not-so-competitive game types. Leading up to the event, fans voted on which pro players would represent their regions. The event also featured a 2 vs 2 charity tournament, where each team could support the charity of their choice by participating in the tournament. 40 players were invited, 33 pro players competed, and 14 charities were supported. Riot would also like to thank all the fans that joined in the 2018 season to make it the most successful year in League of Legends esports. So there you have it, that's pretty much all the updates I have for you this week. Look for another episode right after this one. Don't know what I'm going to talk about yet, but I'll figure it out before I post them. Like I said, all three are going to go up at the same time. So keep an eye out on your iTunes. Don't forget to review and subscribe and download and share and tell all your friends how awesome the Creep Score podcast is. Until next time, my name is Casey. And of course, you can reach me at cjvchaplin, that's C-H-A-P-L-I-N, at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or just want to say anything to me at all. I'll listen. I'll reply. Until then. Have a good one.